and there's this part of my brain that was like you need to like finish this walk and get back because you have things to work on and then this other part of my brain that was just like no then you have your your republic then you chop off the head of the republic robespierre and then you get a king again and then you exile that motherfucker and blah 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 good morning my name is antonette welcome to jared to jared on this week's episode the jareds will discuss ridley scott's napoleon starring joaquin phoenix the incel revolution the galactic plaza timeline jumping and much much more all right then let's get started dude the my favorite thing about uh, napoleon i mean it was such like an unexpected sequel right right I think he'd go from such a small town to the ruler of France. Right, just this like weird Midwest kid with this like ginger afro and like becomes ruler of France. Like so unexpected. (laughs) Good plot twist. That was a great plot twist, yeah. (laughs) It wasn't as funny as the first one, but you know. No, that's true. It could have used like a little bit more comedy. It's weird to think he grew up into Joaquin Phoenix, too. That's right. a, that's a little strange. Yeah. I don't think I bought that. Yeah, who'd have thought, you know? And then give it, like, another few years, and then Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix is going to be... <laughs> have you ever seen Her, the movie Her? Oh, yeah. That's reality yeah. now. It's fucking weird. That is reality now. Yeah. I fucking love that movie so much. Yeah, it's so good. Didn't we watch that movie in Boot Cave? Probably. I, I've seen it a couple times. I think we did, actually. We had an interesting discussion about artificial intelligence earlier today. Yeah. Thoughts on a robot girlfriend. Would you like to have one? Yes. What are the pros? Are we going down this <laughs> down this rabbit hole? <laughs> <laughs> I think we could touch on it. Let's All right, touch let's on touch it. on it let's and then and it. then we'll get into uh and then and we'll then get, we into get the into Napoleon. Napoleon right, Bonaparte. Quick, quick touch on robot okay. girlfriends, and then we'll get into Napoleon Bonaparte. Right, right. Okay. Um, so, was it, would I would I have one? Well, what kind of AI are would we? Would you talk- like to have one? Are we talking? Or what are the pros of are, having one? Yeah, are we talking like a Chat GPT girlfriend who just like you text with and can chat with, and as the technology grows, they send you these like cheesy videos or something? Or are we talking like? Blade Runner, you know, straight up, or like Westworld, like, you know, androids, like, in your living room hanging out with you. I mean, those are two entirely different questions. That's what I'm saying. You know. Because if yeah. if I'm, like, in person with them, I think I'd be down. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Sounds kind of yeah. hot. Yeah, it would but be. If it, <laughs> but the, like, texting, you know, like, whatever it is now, you know, this exists. I don't They're like texting, Not you know? into it. Yeah, yeah not yeah. into it. I don't even text, like my homies and stuff like i'm just not a texter i like talking on the phone i'm not a texter though even the girlfriends i have that are real life you know yeah. i don't text that i don't like to text i'm just <laughs> i'm a terrible texter i'm a bad know? texter too bro yeah you know so yeah. i don't i don't let's just put it this way ai girlfriend in its current state i'm out you're out yeah yeah but ai in westworld state that know, seems sign me up yeah, that seems great. At least more in the like Blade Runner sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. That seems yeah. fantastic. Seems fascinating. Could be cool, you know. Um, I mean, I will say, especially with the, the way it exists now. I mean, I think it is a way of like, um, 
this comes up on the show, like, you know, young men, isolation among men, all that sort of thing. You know, people having uh, less sex, like statistically, that's a thing and everything. Right, right. But I feel like having these sort of like AI girlfriends and stuff, which like people are doing now, it's uh, it's a way of insulating yourself from the world, you know, which is kind of sad. And I think just going to increase isolation. You know, it's it's uh, it's very low stakes. It's like right, you, right. You, instead of like going out to meet someone or or just be social or whatever or you know it's like a real life person they're unpredictable you don't know if the match is going to be there you don't know all of their all of their corks and and psychology you you can't predict but that's the excitement that's the joy of relationship it's the unpredictability to an extent right you know within reason but then like like with these ais it's like uh you know it's it's safe like too safe you know you you control everything it's, it's a control thing, you know? So back to CBS Sunday morning, they yeah, were kind of talking it. about, you know, these AI girlfriends and stuff. Oh, cool. And they uh, interviewed a programmer and he said, well, what is love other than, you know, uh, the response to unpredictability? Because you don't oh, know cool. the person, yeah. you know, whatever. And yeah, he's yeah. like, that's exactly how we design AI to be. Be unpredictable. You don't know what it's going to say to you and you don't know what she she or he are going to respond to that's not true you you like can that. literally yeah. pick out their outfits it's it's like it's like right, playing right. with a barbie doll right or i mean i think it, you know, it, it depends on which program you know yeah i guess what i'm saying is is there okay so go with me on this yeah they've sure. done studies but is it all right wait sorry go ahead Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. All right, all right. <laughs> so they've done studies on, you know, you watch a TV show or something like that, and they've yeah. they've done scans on the brain, and sure. the, the same parts of your brain light up right. when you're hanging out with somebody in person as to when you listen to, say, a podcast like Jared to Jared you're really familiar with. Yeah. Or like, you know, whatever it is, or a show you like, Seinfeld or something, you're actually hanging out with them. And your brain, it's kind of like a little like trick for the brain. So I'm thinking with all these suicidal incels Mm -hmm. in our contemporary society, maybe AI will save some of them because they're actually now like have somebody or something to talk to, to like you know, pour their hearts out too. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Even if the responses are kind of canned, well, do you think it could be saving lives out there? I guess is what I'm saying. I'm thinking that the same people who brought us the uh, loneliness epidemic are the same people who are claiming that the AIs are going to like help alleviate us within that epidemic. Right. You know, and it's like, and that's the thing. It's the whole, we've talked about this before, but like how capitalism creates like, uh, the illusion of scarcity in order to profit off that scarcity, you know, does it with, it's done that with like resources over the centuries and things like that. Right. Um, but now you're seeing that happen with, I think socialization itself where like, and I'm not saying there's this like, you know, evil guy wearing like a monocle and a top hat you know, like hanging out, plotting all of this, but it seems to be happening that there's less and less and less social interaction as a consequence in part, at least because of TV, social media, all this stuff. And then the response is like, okay, well, let's give some people dopamine rushes with uh, AI, with like more deeply entrenched social media, and that's going to help them. So it's like scarcifying socialization and then trying to sell it back to us in the form of 
like right. TV personalities. And it's like, actually, I heard one psychologist talking about this and it was, he had this great line where he said like, he's like, he's like, we need human interaction. And then Apple comes out and it's just like, Hey, here's this like new toaster. Won't this make you happy? And it's like, no, I need a fucking human interaction. <laughs> like, you know, a new iPhone yeah. or, or the line was more like something about it. He was like, he was like, I want like a cat, you know, something I can hold and interact with and pet and care for. And then a tech company is like, well, we can't give you that. But here's this new right, toast right. Dish with like a screen on it. The new ninja, yeah, which is like exciting yeah. and gives you a dopamine rush. But there's no it's like the difference between dopamine and oxytocin, you know, oxytocin's the like the like the deep, deep bonding chemical that happens between two okay. friends, two lovers, you know, family members, whereas dopamine's just that like, you know. Right, right, right. Momentary burst okay. of happiness. Okay, I like that. So you're saying a lot of most men in this country aren't getting laid because of capitalism. Yes. That sounds like the beginning <laughs> of a revolution to me. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Robespierre. Yeah. You know what? And that actually, let's talk about, okay, that, that could be a cool framing to talk about Napoleon. Segue into Napoleon. Yeah. yeah. Segue into Napoleon. Cause it starts off with the French revolution, 1789, Marie Antoinette getting her head freaking guillotined. Right. What were the social conditions that created that? that era of revolution and are our social conditions now at all uh reflective of that or similar well you know we hit on one good one which was uh beginning part of the movie is uh you know forty one thousand freaking uh prisoners were re released once marie antoinette's head was chopped off yeah and we live in that society now. It's a fucking uh, uh, incarceration and in yeah. industrial complex. We're making right. money off the bodies of imprisoning who mainly freaking minority men. Yeah. You know, as usual, per usual, exploiting the minority body, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's 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 uh, it's, uh, you know, classic freaking aristocratic france is what it is yeah 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 so mass incarceration vast inequality you know i mean part of what was going on leading up to the french revolution was um pretty much just this like ridiculous spoil system where um you didn't have to pay taxes if you were an aristocrat if you were a royal and then you know who gets to choose if you're defined as nobility as you know the king and queen get to say right, like right, okay this right. person's nobility that person's nobility and they were just like handing out these like you know badges right, of nobility right, right. to their friends essentially right so all these people who are already hyper hyper rich weren't paying any taxes and then they're increasing the taxes on people who are living in poverty in order to um in order to pay for the decadence that the right. aristocrats were living in and it's like huh that is Sounds literally familiar. what <laughs> you know? is happening right yeah. now like literally that's exactly what's happening you know yeah oh yeah that's like yeah. the rich don't have to pay years, taxes yeah. you know right. they're they're living aristocratic lives and you look at both cuts. sides of the yeah. aisle you know <clears throat> whether it's a republican or a democrat yeah they're they are living lavishly yeah. you know uh a famous um uh, governor of New Mexico recently died, Bill Richardson. Uh huh. And he was gonna be in like uh in Bill Clinton's cabinet and shit, you know. Yeah. And uh 
they were talking about his estate sale that was happening. The guy had mm. like millions of dollars in pens, like Tiffany pens, <laughs> and like yeah, like, just like dumb shit, like, like, like <laughs> pens, like writing <laughs> down a fucking ballpoint pens, you know. Yeah. Again, though, this guy was an aristocrat, you know, yeah. and he used to go all the time to freaking uh, Sex Island with Bill Clinton. Oh God! And apparently. Oh, no. Some there's a story here in in locally in New Mexico that he was overheard at a bar having dinner with what's the guy's name Epstein Epstein yeah and it was his idea it was they overheard Bill telling him you should start an island and freaking we can get you like I know where to buy one blah 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 we can get funding (laughs) so crazy yeah. France, you know, yeah. it's France. Where's Robespierre? Yeah. We need to start chopping heads, people. You know what? And uh, actually, to paraphrase, you know, one of your boys, Foucault, he talks about... Love it. Yeah, he talks about when... Um, he's all, he talks about political executions. And he, I think it was actually the French Revolution where he describes this. But just generally, political executions way back then, you know, they're happening in the public square. Everyone knows what's right, going right, on, right? Right, right? So so Foucault goes, if the king, if the power structure, you know, is chopping the head off of some revolutionary, they're doing it in the public square, thinking the power structure thinks, oh, this is going to intimidate everyone, keep them in line. But what it's actually doing is showing everyone what's going on. There's no behind the scenes. Right. Like, right, like right. the king in that sort of situation is very upfront, like, no, we're corrupt as fuck. And this <laughs> right, is what's right, happening. Right, we're chopping right. heads off if you question what's going on. Whereas now Foucault says it's way 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 more insidious right, right this right. isn't happening in the public square yes yes you know people are being dif- disenfranchised in way more subtle Love way more that. insidious yeah. ways yeah. rather than you know dra- dragging them out to the public square right. so i think actually like and this goes back to the isolation thing the public square doesn't exist anymore right right there's not the plaza where everything's happening people are like you know talking like literally standing on soap boxes talking about what's going on in politics um there's like artists and stuff selling their crafts there's like you know farmers and stuff selling their stuff you know people are like interacting there's kids playing by the fountain whatever just life you know which feels so nice to be in that you know just life vivophilia um but the plaza it doesn't exist anymore for the most part, you know, so then we have this sense of mass isolation. And then with that, we also don't know what the fuck's going on. So then kind of like the priest class, you know, fucking medieval times and stuff. They're the interlocutors. They're the ones, they're the intermediary between God and the people, right? They're the ones who are saying, this is what's going on upstairs. And we'll tell you about it because you're not smart enough to know. That's what's happening with the media right now, right? I mean, we live in the dark ages, bro. Right. Yeah, the media, it's all, here's what's going on upstairs. Plus, you guys are idiots. You don't know. What yeah. to, you don't get to know, but we'll, you know, we'll give you the tweaked version and, of it. And it came out in the 80s and 90s. A lot of the journalists for USA Today, Washington Post, and shit, they work for the CIA. Really? Yeah. It's proven. That's fucking crazy. Y-Files, check it out. The Y-Files. My favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good show. Um, um, but yeah, you know, they're, the, the disinformation is for real people. Yeah. And, and for, you know, not from just a Democratic side, but from a Republican side, all sides. You yeah, know, yeah. we're just not really fed the truth anymore in our society. Yeah. But listen to this, right? Galacticism. Mm. 
We are now working on a galactic plaza. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I think this is being done through tech right now. You know, the Y files, it's not completely together yet. Reddit, Discord. Yeah. But no long, and and that's what I really love about Napoleon is, is Mm. it's a commentary on how everything is cyclical. Mm, you yeah, have your yeah, queen yeah. chop her head off then you have your your republic then you chop off the head of the republic yeah rovispia yeah and then you get a king again and yeah. then you exile that motherfucker and blah blah right, blah blah, yeah. blah blah right there's always this it's, sort of yes. cycle the wheel where, of fortune yeah. yes not uh-huh. one thing works so back to our time right right we're now coming to the end of the king's reign, which mm. is the president's, you know, yeah. in the ballot box. There's no president, right? Back to mm. the Republica. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, 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 I would like to think that, you know, it's funny. Sometimes you can be more pessimistic than I. Hmm. You know, the, the optimism over here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, we go back it's, and forth. It's the yin yang. It's, it's the, the yin yeah, and yeah, yang, yeah. yeah. But just that... Uh, we're trying to build now a new plaza where they can no longer hide what they're doing to us anymore behind the scenes because there are no more places to hide in the tech world with cameras and all this stuff. See, but then that becomes like, I'm going to be pessimistic. Revolution. Yeah, but it becomes the surveillance state. It's what we're living in and we're, we're doing that. We're trying that. I mean, that's social media, right? Social media was, the idea was it was going to be the public square. And even in the nineties, guys like Terrence McKenna and stuff like that, who are like these, you know, forward thinking, futurist thinking guys, um, we're looking at the, at the web and saying like, wow, there's so much potential here for, for community, for the plaza, you know, especially for like, people who are marginalized you know you have this like lgbtq kid growing up in like rural indiana or something who can now like log on to a chat group where they're connecting with like a gay community in new york or something and like sharing ideas and learning about things right so there was this like in the 90s like a great optimism about what the internet space was going to be you know and then and i think that got co-opted and stuff because now we're here and it's um I think it's it's breeding paranoia and breeding anxiety. And part of that is like if you're looking at a screen and you're not sure that the person you're interacting with is even real, you might be talking to like a Russian bot, right? You might be talking to an AI. You might be talking to like some catfishing guy, right? Some dude in a creepy basement, you know, wearing stockings on his face or something as he's texting you. You know, it's like... Like, we don't actually know who's on the other side of the screen. And I think, and there's no way to verify, right? And I think that that breeds a sense of paranoia, you know? And I've thought about it where I'm like, let's say I'm like chatting on the phone with a friend or texting or whatever, right? Or just looking at a meme and I start laughing to myself, but I'm just sitting in a room by myself. I realized like historically, who's just cracking up to themselves by themselves in a room? Fucking crazy people, right? (laughs) You know, and then it's like something in my brain when I'm doing that is like, wait, this is weird. I'm supposed to be like resonating with the other person's laughter or, you know, feeling the vibe or or hearing the ways that our tone is kind of mimicking each other and stuff like that, you know. 
Okay. So, hear, so hear me the out. point is, like, okay, I think okay. I think the the web based public plaza is actually just breeding paranoia and anxiety. Okay. Okay. You know. So two things. Yeah. W- one quick comment. A lot of people laughing by themselves. Come on, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love being grid. I love cracking yeah, yeah. up to myself. Probably. People have been doing it forever. You'd think of something like, well, sure, yeah. Oh man, sure, when yeah. I was like hunting that bear, I tripped and like, it was yeah, and you kind of giggled to yourself, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mashuga almost fell off that tree eating that banana. That Love was hilarious. Mashuga, yeah. Or like uh, people that would read, you know, <laughs> when there was no text, sure, yeah, cracking up in their room with some Shakespeare shit, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah whatever much i do about nothing you right. know hilarious yeah fucking uh uh <laughs> so there's that and then yeah okay hear me out on this all right sure why files my Ankle ears fish. are open yeah. <laughs> hear me out on this so a lot of people right now the their definition of social media uh internet-based connections right yeah is based upon a really like hilarious like macro viewpoint of like facebook still matters and yeah. like instagram like we're millennial like people don't even log into facebook anymore they've sure. been bleeding yeah. users for years if it wasn't yeah, for yeah. instagram it'd be myspace right right but a lot of people <laughs> our age whatever and older they still like, oh, Facebook's the devil. And it's like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's killing our society. And it's just like, hey, you know, fucking millennial boomer, like nobody logs into Facebook anymore, <laughs> you know. But I, I do see what you're saying. And for a lot of masses, sure. they still do in Snapchat and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Those are still thing. And yes, toxic. And I agree. But it's the plaza, the real galactic plaza is growing behind the scenes man Mm. there's people out there i've been learning they don't even use google they don't use bing they don't use any of that they they use like crazy servers i've never even heard of anybody could get them though you know sure and the government demonizes as like dark web and sure there's dark shit on there probably but there's also galactic communities growing of truth telling yeah, whistleblowers sure. freaking discord communities people are really getting together and sharing like vital wild information that like the cia the fbi yeah. you fucking name it i've been trying to cover up and mm-hmm. still continue to try and they're starting to fail man i know it's in our early stages and I, we may not see it in our lifetime but the low techs man fucking this gold <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Johnny Mnemonic reference, bro. I love our. Uh, I feel like we have like a structure that's being built into the Jared to Jared Pod world. Right, like we right, have right. like Jesus, we have CBS Sunday mornings, <laughs> yeah, we have we Johnny got, Mnemonic references. We, yes, we got our yeah. hitters. Yeah. We're like we're, we every got good pod has because yeah. we got to build a history, you know. And it's our discourse and like a discourse, yeah, yeah. discourse. Exactly, community, yeah. love that. Yeah, but yeah, man. When I think of like the Galactic Plaza space, I actually think it's kind of a uh, psychic space right meditative psychic space where where um i mean it it's a galactic oneness you know i think it's going into like a subconscious space and feeling connected with all the other galactites you know in this subconscious space and then maybe even communicating through dreams 
through art, through, I don't even know, you know, whatever, whatever is going on in the ethereal realm. I just want us to be called galacticists yeah, and not yeah. galactites. <laughs> <laughs> Galactagons. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-dentites. <laughs> He's an anti-dentite. He's a mad anti-dentite. All right. Anyway, oh. freaking okay. Napoleon. So yeah. Okay. Best part of that movie was Josephine. Josephine Bonaparte. Best part of Napoleon by Ridley Scott. By Ridley his Scott. Wife, Josephine. Josephine Napoleon. Actually, there, there's a question. So hot. Jesus. Oh my god, dude. She's the most beautiful woman alive. Man, is it possible to fall in love with someone you've never met, you know? Uh, sure. Because it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a thought that comes to mind about Josephine and Napoleon and the way that the movie played out. So if this movie were made, say, in the 1980s or something, you would have seen Josephine, like, three times, right? And she just would have been, like, a plot device. Right, right, right. Um, made today, I mean, it really was almost as much about Josephine as it was about Napoleon. And there's at least like quite a lot of uh, psychological depth to her character. She had a history, right. you know, she had, um, you know, past relationships and, and desires and motivations. I mean, she was a deep character who was really fleshed out. You hear a lot of her personal letters written to Napoleon. Right. You know, so Ridley Scott was on CBS Sunday morning. And, Actually, uh, yeah. Oh, cool. And he seems like a really cool guy. I think we oh, like sure. hanging yeah, out. I love with him. He's like yeah. a really like harsh like British dude that like mm. drinks too much scotch, you know. And he yeah. was like, they had to bleep him a couple times. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. Um, but he said that you know he he cared for the history, but not like dedicated to it. You know, he's like, yeah. we scanned all the like major ones. He's like, but they're literally like. He, he put it in a good way. He's like, and this is statistically true. There has mm. been a book written about Napoleon's life every year since he died. That's insane. <laughs> since wow. 1815. Wow. Yeah. 16. There's been a book written about him every yeah. fucking year. That's really and interesting. And probably multiple, you know. Yeah. Um. So they scan the thing and he's like, one thing, big thing is historians always overlook and don't give a fuck about is Josephine. Yeah. And the Mm. ones that do briefly talk about her or whatever, they talk about he was obsessed, you know? He fucking, yeah, yeah, the love obsession with Josephine. Can you blame him? My God. Yeah, and there was this... (laughs) 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 And there did seem to be this, like, deep karmic connection between them because there's even these, like, bizarre lies. I mean, mean, I've I've been thinking about reincarnation a lot lately and, like, she had these lines in her letters where she's saying things like, I'm going to be the emperor next time and you have to do what I say. Right, and it's right. like, what is that like? a you know, kind of just like a cute coy role, role, role playing game. Is that, you know, or I think there's the way BDSM, she said it. Yeah. 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 yeah there seemed to yeah. be some you yeah. know, toxic shit going on between them. But right, like, right. but I got the sense like maybe it's, you know, just, I think the way I think, but like hearing that line, I was just like, I feel like, her soul and his soul are like bound up in this weird fucking way where they like take turns in each other's lives. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is kind of 
Yeah, this that is, is kind past of lives, BDSM. Right? Yeah. This is like reincarnation BDSM or something <laughs> yeah. where it's like, okay, this lifetime, you're going to be the emperor you're and gonna I'm going to be, be your the, bitch, right? And then yeah, it's like yeah, the yeah. next lifetime, I get to be emperor. Yeah, and then, I'm the you know, dom and you're the... Yeah, yeah, dom yeah. and sub and just and switching sub, back yeah. and forth between lifetimes. It's like this like weird BDSM reincarnation love story. That's That's Napoleon. That's Napoleon. That's yeah. the movie I saw. <laughs> and I bet you right now there's like a very powerful like female CEO that like really right. fucking runs her husband and like yeah, and that's Josephine like, and Napoleon in the, in the 21st him, but century, still like keeping him on the hook because of the to save the <laughs> Disney company, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he tells her in the Bahamas, he's like, oh, I got to be a fucking CEO next time. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Why yeah. files. Yeah. Love it. Those scenes are fucking funny, though. Where like, uh, I mean, he was definitely, Ridley Scott was definitely hinting at, you know, a lot of like Dom sub play going on between them, right, which right. was, I mean, and that was, I think that's part of uh, what made that movie feel like it had depth you know much more depth than killers of the flower moon was like you get into the characters backgrounds you get into their psyche you know it's you know that there's all of these like different creepy quirks and desires that they all have because you have those scenes where napoleon's like whimpering like a puppy on his knees in front of her and just like weird shit you know which like who knows if napoleon actually did that but you know apparently he was quite obsessed with her and this was a fun way to uh depict that i did like yeah. the like how they would even yin and yang the roles too yeah yeah where he would have to dominate her too sometimes you know? right right also the most hilarious like i would never want to have sex with joaquin phoenix <laughs> His like version of having so funny, just like Dah! yeah, that was like really bizarre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time they'd cut to him, he'd just be like ravishing. Yeah, like every sex scene, it was like uh, <laughs> it was like, man, that doesn't look too enjoyable for like freaking either of them, bro. Like Josephine did not see. But I guess that was the point, you know. I mean, I don't. Who knows? I wasn't there. Maybe I was reincarnation. But like, like I don't know, freaking like late 1700s early 1800s france i'm sure wasn't the most uh i don't know sexually inspiring place you don't think so i i mean i don't know but like <laughs> i don't like it seemed like i don't know i, I just think of like french gender roles and loose, stuff and know. like you yeah, know yeah. but it just well, seemed, yeah, you know it's yeah. like oh i need to like marry the especially in like you know the aristocrats where it's just like i need to marry into this family in order to do this and you know so it's like it didn't seem like there's much like love around sex it was really just sort of like a thing that you do for power or to like make an heir for the throne you know it didn't and you know and especially like i don't imagine that it was very friendly to like women's sensibilities well, and yeah, feelings yeah. you know yeah sure yeah. sure yeah anybody really you know just like my mom telling me at 16 just like cool you're gonna marry like the duchess of fucking you know <laughs> right. of taos just like what the duchess of taos. what <laughs> love that chick bro duchess of what? Taos. yeah no way man she's busted and i heard some <laughs> bad <laughs> some really bad stories about her I don't know true, but right. wrap it up with that one so you know um yeah but i don't know overall interesting movie and not to like conclude that's I'm not trying to like conclude the conversation yet, but just thinking like the more I talk about it, the more I like actually enjoyed the movie, you know? Yeah. 
Well, you know, we're trying to give ourselves like a like final conclusion, like an overall thought. Yeah. And on a scale between Killers of the Flowers Moon to Johnny Mnemonic, Killers being zero, Johnny yeah. Mnemonic being ten, the best. Yeah. It was probably like it was a solid five for me, like four, Agreed. four yeah, and yeah. Four, four and three quarters of five. I give it a full five, I, you it know, was right a five. in the middle. Like there, there were parts where it was like the soft landing five and a half. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, sure. There's parts where it was like maybe kind of boring or just sort of dragging on. But I mean, for the most part, yeah, it was good. And I mean, the the art direct, the the art direction and costume direction was amazing. I was saying this to you in the car, right, but like. Right. I felt like they did an incredible job just like matching the history and art history and doing the like Rococo stuff and then seeing how that faded out once the 1800s right, hit. Like right. just, just the costumes like so ornate, and beautiful and weird. It's, I mean, it's, it's a very specific culture and period in time, you know, and I think they did a fantastic job of capturing that. So I just realized too why it's better than Killers 2 so much mm. better is... Though most of the characters weren't fully fleshed out necessarily. In Napoleon. In Napoleon. Yeah. They did fully flesh out and build a a sense and an emotion around their relationship with Josephine. Yeah. And and it wasn't even really his battles or anything. Actually, I think they skimped on his battles. As I was saying, the only cool like tactic you see is from the Duke of Wellington. But yeah. Really, Napoleon was one of the greatest tacticians like ever, but the movie wasn't really about that. Mm-hmm. A- and it owned that, though. You know, it was authentic to that. It was yeah. like, listen, this is like essentially like a freaking uh, historical, like period, uh, uh, romantic drama. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. you know, and they built it and they dedicated to it. And it's mm-hmm. like, listen, you failed on a lot of things in this movie, but you you did that right. You know? Yeah, and I like felt that, so yeah. that was good. Yeah, for sure. definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and honestly, just the sense of history again. I mean, I really, it really just blows my mind thinking about like individuals' experience in history, and I, th- I think that's what where I find history interesting isn't just like this battle happened here and then this person took over here. It's it's the individuals' experience of that history. You know, I mean, and again, that character Josephine, where she she was saying how when she was imprisoned during the French revolution and she had to get pregnant within the prison in order to, you know, not be executed. I mean, that's like, wow. That, I mean, that there's a lot of psychological depth there. You're like survival mechanisms. I mean, who is this person? Where'd they come from? Um, how did that, how did that experience impact their life later on? I mean, you know, there's a lot there to be said. Yeah. I I would say to that, uh, to that, Though Scott wasn't dedicated to it being like completely historically like this is a history like, you know, historically accurate. Yeah. What he did dedicate to the histories was very interesting. Yeah. Like yeah, he definitely. picked and chose very well, like yeah. the aesthetic mm-hmm. um, um, that, you know, the change of period like you're talking about yeah. and also like you know the interesting like i like those ending facts that from the time napoleon was born to the time he died three million people died because of him 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely <laughs> that's unreal. fucking crazy. Yeah, seeing that too. I mean, the history. It's like, what the fuck, bro? It's like these these characters, you know, these these characters in history, and even today, it's like you know, right. we're Cortez we're creating the game board and destroying it, and and just like have this level of power that you know they're making decisions that impact the lives of kind of everyone. You know, I make a decision, and right now, that's really impacting. Well, well, actually, it goes deeper. I mean, it depends on what level you're looking at. If you're looking at yeah, a superficial level, I I make a decision and it impacts like three people, you know. Um, but if you go deeper than that, you know, I mean, the decisions I'm making today are going to impact like generations down the line. You know, if you go a more microscopic view of it. Um, yeah, but, I don't know, but having that level of power where it's like three million people lost their lives, because right, of you, right, like, right, right. What the hell? What is that? Well, that's... how come I'm not Napoleon <laughs> and you're not? Napoleon? It's funny. Why I was just, just like telling dudes? homie over there at the store. I was like, man, after watching Napoleon, I was like, man, my life was like so boring. <laughs> and he started cracking up. Yeah. He's like, no, man, it's different times. And then he's like, no, nah, me and you would still probably be like you, the boring teacher, and me like boring shop owner, like no, exactly. medieval yeah, times. Yeah, just exactly. Like, yeah. I know, but talking to each other, just like, yeah. did you see that newspaper print of yeah. this guy, Napoleon? He's yeah, taking exactly, over yeah. the world, man. What? Yeah. We're so boring blacksmiths over here, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, statistically, we would have just been like peasants, like, right, you know, right, doing right. whatever. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's true today, too, right? I mean, you know, there's a few people who are like, I don't know, the rulers and stuff. And then the rest of us are just kind of like peasants. Right, right. You know, in that bigger historical perspective. Timelines are interesting, too. There is another mm-hmm. time traveler that rode into Art Bell. And, uh, sick. yeah, I won't get too much into his story, but a lot of his explanation of, of timelines made a lot of sense. You know, it's yeah. just there's really an infinite number of timelines and they're all happening all at the same time, you Mm -hmm. know, and depending on what decision we make, we lay off threads of time, you know, extreme cases of this is, uh, man, he, he, they had such a good one, but I'm just thinking to myself now, you know, an extreme case of this would be like, uh, let's rush to the movie right now. Yeah. And then, like, now nah, we better not. And then it's like, let's wait, like, 10 more minutes. Wait 10 minutes, leave your house, fucking run over somebody. Okay, yeah, yeah. You just know, have, like, timeline it's just, split like, off. timeline yeah. split. Like, if yeah. you would have left 10 minutes ago, you wouldn't be, like, have just killed somebody and now are, like, might go to jail for manslaughter because you had a pint before the movie and now you're freaking out. And you know what I mean? There's just like an infinite number of things that could happen at all times. Yeah. Speaking of like Napoleon's birth, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, trillions and trillions upon billions and billions of like the chance of us even being born is beyond measure. Mm -hmm. But yet he was born fucking took over the world wasn't killed somehow yeah. became a captain in the french army yeah and you know you know the rest one thing that struck me among the the uh hyper wealthy of you know in the in the context of the movie you know freaking 
Versailles and Paris and stuff like that, but just the hyper wealthy, hyper successful, probably of any period, uh, is the fragility of their egos. Like it just seemed like they're all clinging so hard to, uh, you know, to their wealth and to their gold and to, and to all this stuff. Like in the movie, there's so many moments for Josephine. She was absolutely terrified because uh, Napoleon was going to have to divorce her. Right. And she was so fucking scared, which makes sense, you know, especially at that time, because that meant it was a threat against her survival. You know, like, oh, fuck, I'm not married to the emperor anymore. I'm fucked, you know. Right. But then she actually ends up being fine. But like, um, or Napoleon himself, right? I mean, he, the Napoleonic complex, right? This like, I need to succeed. I need to succeed. I'm nothing if I don't. I'm the greatest, you know, just like constantly trying to uh, affirm who you think you are and just clinging to successes and clinging to your robes and, and, and gold and badges and all of this stuff. And it's like, and it made me think of that book, uh, The Denial of Death, which I did a Becoming Human episode on where, where this guy, Ernest Becker, he argues that um, it's the fear of emptiness and the fear of death that compels human beings to build their personality structures and then to build societal structures. You know, and it's that fear of death that actually keeps us kind of like neurotically carrying our lives along and he goes if if you make peace with that emptiness with that you know death process essentially that um you can actually live a more authentic life because you're not living from survival mode anymore you're not you're not running constantly but i saw that so much in napoleon where it's just like dude like chill the fuck out (laughs) like it's you don't need to be emperor it's okay like you're okay you know it's you're 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 okay the universe loves you regardless of your successes it's fine go sit on your exiled island and just live peacefully chill the fuck out it's also kind of crazy though that they do like yes he's 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 delusional and you know he's uh is narcissistic and he is like fighting for power and stuff like that but like for some reason joaquin made me believe that he he and and all humans do this we convince yeah. ourselves that we're yeah. doing something for a righteous cause yeah right you know i was doing this for france hitler i never wanted was, to do hitler this. thought hitler was a good guy right, right right and uh i think he legit like didn't think about becoming the king until that dude told him and mm-hmm. like wasn't really thinking about that necessarily i think he was just like a weird autistic dude that was like going to sleep during a battle and like had something you know like critically wrong with his psyche yeah and he just like liked warfare you know he was just one of those weird like crazy genius dudes that was like obsessive compulsive or something you know but like wasn't necessarily i never really saw his personality as like liking to be aristocratic or he didn't fit in at at you know when they jumped him at the court right like he was clearly different than everybody else he was like wearing a uniform you know and they're calling him basically like a french redneck you know yeah yeah just like oh he's just a brute from corsica like and he could, yeah, exactly. He, uh-huh. That's what they always call him, the Corsican general, because Corsica was like the ghetto, you know, back yeah. then. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, Alabama or some shit. Right. And, right. uh, 
you know, I think he was just like he accepted the power. And of course, ultimate power corrupts, you know, whatever mm -hmm. the hell the saying is ultimately. But, uh, you know, I don't know if that was necessarily his goal to begin with. I think he just wanted to be like a successful dude in like warfare. And he had yeah. like crazy anxiety and then he'd black out and like <laughs> murder a bunch of people, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it grows, you know, because it's yeah. like, I mean, even just careers, you know, normal careers, you know, getting into or your case, academia, right? Where it's just one step at a time, you know, it's sure, not like, sure. it's not like you wake up thinking like, uh, you know, in a normal career, oh, I'm going to be the dean of whatever college, like, that's my, that's what I'm going to do. It's like, no, dude, you're 18 years old. You're not really thinking about right, that. Right, what right. you are thinking about is I want to get my college degree. And then you find out, oh, I really like this. I want to get my. Right. Uh, master's and PhD and like okay well now I need a job so I want to go to this college yes, and yes, oh yes. well now that I'm here I do want to keep growing because that feels good so now right. I'm head of the whatever department little micro know? causations and, and branching yeah. out new timelines you know that yeah, lead yeah. to something yeah and it naturally grows see and I saw that in him he was like would stutter he had the weird way of talking I did like how Joaquin mm. would do that like like out of the side of his mouth kind of like clip yeah. lip you know mm. short dude yeah like he probably was like you know rejected in society when he was younger no matter where he was you know yeah, in society yeah, and then yeah. he joined the army french legionnaires freaking probably some general some captain really like took a liking to him because he right, figured some stupid yeah. cool, really cool thing out at a battle and like right. at a training and then he's like that probably felt good about himself yeah and was like yeah cool like i'm good at this yeah and i was really scared but i overcame my fear in training and then boom we went right. to you know next thing you know he's fucking napoleon you know see yeah that's i like the way you put that because like i think we do um yeah i guess it is gradual right it is gradual and i think we i think we respond to we respond to the affirmations that we're getting from the society and system around us right so, I mean, you you probably could have taken a personality like Napoleon, put him in, okay, academia, use that as an example, and the dude would have become like, you know, like the president of like every college in France or some shit, you know, just because he was like, that's just who he was, how his mind worked. But the way things worked out, you know, he got into the army path, you know, and then right, became right. Napoleon as we know him exactly but he probably could have got i mean if the guy like went to culinary school for some reason he right become right. gordon ramsay you know <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> like some people just like it doesn't even matter what the path is they just have that you know ambition well and then i think what do you think of this do you think there's also luck of path where a lot of people that do fail and end up, you know, in bad circumstances in their lives or whatever, mm. it's because they branched off onto an accidental timeline that shouldn't have been their own. Like, maybe Napoleon would have been a really bad chef and, like, still really tried but only made it to, like, sous chef and, like, they shut his freaking French baguette tree down because <laughs> there's roaches in there or something, you know? Yeah. And ultimately, he just was kind of like sad dude, became a freaking drink wine all day long and like became homeless in France and ended up getting plague, you know? Right, right. <laughs> like, because that is something that happens to a lot of human beings forever, sure. you sure. know? 
And I'm wondering if it's because you get branched off accidentally onto a wrong timeline where Napoleon yeah. like mm. would have his timeline was war. Like he yeah. was a kind of a crazy dude that knew like strategy and like, yeah, didn't have much of a soul, you know, and just kind of was just like, you know, an yeah. army dude and like didn't really care about relationships or anything. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what I mean? I mean, loved his wife. Guy was obsessed, but yeah. you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. And as you, as you were saying that, like something came, that came to mind was I, f- I feel like life, uh, life craves truth and authenticity. But then we end up getting on on the wrong timelines, almost as a response to uh, you know, I don't know, not as a response, but sometimes we just get on the wrong timelines, and that and that there's falsity there, and then you don't succeed. So I'll use myself right, as an example, right. right? Okay, I come from a family of police officers, right? Now, if I'm just not, I'm just not a police officer, never wanted that path at all. It wouldn't have made sense. Right. But let's say for some reason. We own the night. We own the night. Love that. <laughs> Another Joaquin movie. Another Joaquin movie. Yeah, yeah. really good one too. Um, <laughs> dude, that line when his dad's like, are you doing drugs? I told you not to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> oh so good yeah it was like yeah. me getting like caught with weed in high like, school man, or something <laughs> that was just like jared Don't that one time that? <laughs> yelling at john <laughs> <laughs> so funny but yeah so like all right let's say i got onto the timeline where for whatever reason i felt maybe pressured or something to like go into the force right try and become a cop and I, and I had this compulsion where I was like, I need to do it. I need to succeed. I need to become lieutenant, then captain. And I just wouldn't. I would fail. Right. Even right, if I pushed right. really fucking yes, hard, I think yes. ultimately I would fail because as much as I ignored it or suppressed it, there'd still be that inner truth that was just like, I'm going to obstruct your path because this isn't the right path. Right. It's not the right timeline. And even if you, you tried know? to be good cop, the systemic way policing in america's built you'd never be able to be one it just wouldn't make sense yeah like don't, you know it would be like uh, you'd get fired yeah all of the like you know it'd be it, like oh you don't want to stop families and give them 180 dollar tickets yeah, 10 yeah. to 10 that yeah. that chick i took out that was a cop yeah their quota is 10 tickets a day a day really yeah wow that's that fucked up yeah but like but yeah, so in that example, like I think I think our inner truth speaks, right? And if right, we're not right. living in alignment with our inner truth, then it obstructs our path and then is like what do you do? Why are you trying to climb the like precinct ladder because you just are in the wrong spot? Stop. And it's going to obstruct you and you're going to resist that obstruction until at some point you allow the flow of life and your inner truth to take over and then you say, "Okay, fine. You know, I've put all this time and effort in." but to being a cop but now i'm gonna go do something else because it's in more alignment with my truth right and then in this in this you know imaginary life for myself then i would switch over to something that's more authentic and in more alignment and probably succeed way quicker because then it's like your inner truth isn't getting in your way anymore because you're doing what your inner truth is asking you to do so i got a true story for you here nice hell yeah all right young man nice man in Albuquerque, you know, twenties. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, normal looking guy like me and you, whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, long hair, freaking Johnny Mnemonic style, just oh, yeah. like uh, oh, 
Sounds like a good dude. Yeah. yeah gets into the, like, lived, like, you know, in, like, I think Midwest, and Gal got into the art to program at UNM. Mm. So he goes to UNM, and, uh, you know, he his his family had been pretty conservative, and he was really against that, you know? He really yeah. was. And he was just, like, artist kid, you know? Yeah. So he starts, he loves sports too. So he ends mm. up getting a job as like a concession worker at the ice topes. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, he ends up meeting this girl there and she's sort of like, you know, homegrown boot Kenya type girl wearing baseball cap, isotopes cap at the park, you know? Yeah, yeah. She works there as well. They end up falling in love, you know, getting together tying the knot hitching the knot and freaking he's spending time in the art world and he's just not digging it he's not he's not feeling it you know he's like trying to find some peace in it all but he can't he can't really find peace so yeah one night you know his really hot wife at this point they just had their their first kid you know yeah she's like you know threatening to leave him because they just don't really have anything and, mm. and he's really depressive and he's not there and present, you know, yeah. fuck the money regardless. He just wasn't there. So he ends up getting a job as an APD. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, don't leave me. Like, I'm going to change. Like, I'm going to do something different. I got to do something. So he becomes a cop. Yeah. In fucking the craziest town in America, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So he ends up like, you know, I have, as I was talking to him about it, he told me, you know, there was a lot of like dicks, whatever. And like dudes, he, he, he figured were the stereotypes. Yeah. But then he said he met a lot of like older guys and like this one, like, you know, do those kind of his age that were like really down to earth and just like sure. normal yeah. guys that kind of had to do it because they were in a circumstance where they couldn't really do anything else. Yeah. And they introduced him to, like, working out because they're, like, bodybuilder dudes, but, like, mm-hmm. the gym dudes, but they're, like, really good guys, family guys. Yeah. And uh, actually turned out to be, like, nerds, you know. Yeah, sure, <laughs> We do yeah. things for girls, and the only people we impress are other dudes, you know. <laughs> but it was, like, a nerdy yeah. thing he got into. Right. And uh, now the guy's freaking jacked, man. I'm talking, like... Arnold Schwarzenegger looking dude. Yeah. He's won some competitions. Like he feels great. He's always posting cool stuff. He makes a lot of money. Oh, he wow. has three kids now, three beautiful daughters. Yeah. His wife still hot as ever. They live in like Texas now. And, uh, you know, last I talked to him, he said like that change in his timeline was the best thing that ever happened to I him. I love that. See, and that's kind of like the reverse of the one I, I explained right, where right. I was like, Yin and that's yang. the thing for yeah, some people it know. is authentic, right? I mean, for some people, like they think they're supposed to be like an artist or something, but then it's like, no bro, you actually like, if you release to your path, you actually are supposed to be like a cop or a firefighter or work in the corporate world or something like that. We own the night, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, <laughs> and that's cool. And that's great. You know? Cause right. like, that's the thing I think so much for me, it's just like inner authenticity and aligning with that. And if you're doing that great, I mean, someone could be Whatever, you know, it's like, I don't know, just be some like broy guy who's working on Wall Street. But if that's their authentic truth and they're like finding success there and 
raising a beautiful family and stuff. Right. It's like, hell yeah, do that. And living you know? healthy, like yeah. going to the gym and like, you know, eating good and like yeah. not partying like excessively. Yeah. You know, being millennial alcoholic, right? right? Like, you know, what's up, bro? Like going, <laughs> taking yeah. their family yeah. on vacations and stuff, you know, shit, man, you know. Emerson was always down for a new dream. You I know? love Emerson. I think he was because every night awakened. we go to sleep and dream of you. You know, I want to get those Emerson. tattooed. Nice, nice. Yeah, dude. Freaking um. Side side comment. Uh, doing all the Buddhist stuff. I'm fully convinced that people like Emerson were just like deeply, deeply awakened right, people right, who just right. happen to be in this culture instead of like Japanese Zen or something They're you know, they just happen to be like American dudes who are like tapping into the same thing, but you know, doing it from their, their angle, which is right, so cool. Right. But, um, okay. So what's, what's your inner authenticity? Are you, have you had that experience where like life kind of crumbled a little bit, you know, you got like, Oh man, there's times. some obstruction, but then it, but then it put you on the correct path. Are you on the correct path? Many times, many times. Are you on the Napoleonic timeline? I think here's the funny thing about time is no matter which line we're on, we're always thinking thinking about the another timeline of what could have been. Hmm. It's sort of like the grass is greener, right? Yeah, that's there. Sure. You know, um, that being said, I have had massive moments of trauma or having to deal with shit in my life where the hmm. world crumbled, you know? Yeah. And uh, at one point almost became, you know, was making $8,000 a week in the market, you know. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Wall Street, Jared. Almost became. That was a cool period. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Cruise and cocktail, you know. (laughs) Um, But then realized that was a job. I was like, I didn't go to school for freaking 14 years to be a philosopher so I could freaking be a banker, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like came back to my own timeline which Mm, was mm. you know academia creativity uh you know doing this pod writing books reading books whatever bro i feel like you like jumping timelines though i feel like you get i'm a timeline jumper some people are time jumpers yeah because like in the time that i've known you there's been a lot of different chapters i mean there was wall street jared there's you know academic scholar jared yes yes. there's band jared great jared yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um Pod Jared. Pod Jared, yeah. I feel like there's been a few others too. And there's some that are like brief. Oh, there's Casino Jared. Casino Jared. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. another chapter. Yeah. Crack the crack the case on roulette. Crack the case yeah. on roulette. Yeah, that was sick. Um yeah, I think you're a time jumper, but it seems well, like we've you've always come talked back about to... like the time stone, you yeah, know. Yeah, you and, do have the time uh, stone. You're a time man. Maybe I have the illusion of of living so much time because i literally change jump timelines for a moment Mm. for a while and then i come back to my timeline so it feels as if no time was lost your relationship to time is different than other people's relationship oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it baffles baffles me how people like their interpretation of time it always has. <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah, you get like really pompous. You're just like, oh, you're like not a time jumper. Like, <laughs> thought you were cool, but you don't have a time stone. No, I just, I just like, I don't, I don't know what people do. Like, I yeah. swear to God, I have this theory where a lot of people just like stare at walls for long periods of time. Because there's literally well, I think nothing they stare else at their phone to do. For a, long period of time. a lot of people tell me like, 
Yeah, or you know? it could be a phone, you know, yeah. whatever it is. But I like, you know, <laughs> like one of the girls I dated at Albuquerque, she would always be like, so so scheduled, so scheduled, and she would like tell yeah. me about like this is what's happening at six a.m. and this is what's happening at eight thirty a.m. Yeah. All the way until she went to bed, you know, and she and the schedule wasn't busy at all. And it was just like, wait a minute. These are all just like normal things. And it's like you but you can't. You can't do all this other shit. Mm. Because like and she's like, there's just not enough time in there. And I'm just like, what do you do? Like, I just feel like there's so much freaking time. Well, there is. Yeah. I mean, and that's the funny thing. I think, um, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's this, especially like in our modern society, it's so complex. We're so busy. You know, there's like, everyone's on a time crunch all the time. Like when I talk to my friends, like in the Northeast, which New York, it's like way more busy than, than New Mexico. It's, um, there's always this sense of just like strain and stress and like, we need to like get this, then do this and then do that. And it's just like, well, why don't you guys just sort of like breathe for a minute first? And then it's like, there's no time because like I need to do this and then I need to like sit in traffic right, and then I'm going right, to have to get right, gas and then right. I'm going to have to like go pick this kid up. And it's just like, you know, they're just like, I don't know. It's like just, just overwhelmed with lack of time. Right. But you know? then it's still not even that much. Like yeah. we, 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 that back to that girl, we used to compare days and she would like be mine would be blown just like how could how did you do all that yeah and it's not like i'm trying to inflate my ego i'm just saying like no, sure, yeah. part of my whole entire story of my day included playing xbox for yeah. two hours <laughs> is this like Hagrid a, and how like, much do you sleep are you sleeping eight hours oh tonight? my god i sleep nine to eleven hours every night that's i wild. freaking love it i'm a yeah. i'm a goddamn you know and that's the thing is like i'm multitask i'm sleeping too, 11 like, hours i'm reading yeah. books i'm writing books i'm yeah. editing podcasts i'm grading i'm teaching yeah. classes raising a kid yeah still have time to play video games and shit <laughs> and i talk to like <laughs> I would talk to like, you know, like some of these old like friends or girlfriends. It's like, you don't have no kids. You don't have nothing. To, yeah. And you're yeah. too busy to like do all constantly like do. Right. It's like, what do you do? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's, I don't know. There's just like a lot of time. Yeah. I off subject kind of I heard a good quote about like parent time mm. where days go by like hours and years go by like days days go by like hours and years go by like days yeah like it so, just goes by fast or like oh wait days go by like years and years go by like days so like your days oh. are long when they're your kids are young but your years are short you you look back and it's just like holy shit dolly's already nine oh my god yeah, you know like where did the time go right but like during the days though it's long because you're with your kid and you're raising kid and all the yeah, stuff fun yeah, stuff yeah. that goes with that you know right so. right hmm. how about you how do you how do you process time well depends depends on the i don't know it's changing my time my time stamp is changing um because i've gotten caught up you know during grad school and stuff they're like i'm so busy i need to blah 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 
Um, which I honestly, I I realized the other week, I think, uh, we were texting. I was going to come down for Napoleon, but then I was, I was, I pretty much said I'm too busy. And I realized that that's a line that I use when I'm feeling anxious, actually. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, yeah. Which maybe that was like obvious or not, but it was, it was, it, it, it is occurred to me. It is to me because I've yeah. been your friend forever, so. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> But it's yeah. fine. I'm just like, ah, it's fine. He yeah. just wants to stay in, yeah. Yeah, but it occurred to me like, oh, shit, that's like, what I'm actually trying to say is like, oh, I'm feeling sort of like anxious and just want to like sit in the room and draw. Right, 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 right. But actually I do get into my head like when the anxiety comes up because it will be like, I'll, I'll like they're all self-generated tasks. So there's no like real conclusion, right? It's not like I need right, to do this, right, that and right. the other, because if I don't, then, you know, something, you know, I'm not going to finish this job or or I'm going to let someone else down or something like that. They're all like self-generated things where it's like, oh, I need to like research for this pod episode. I need to uh, work on this art piece, which is cool. I mean, they're all like, you know, self-generated projects, creative projects. But sometimes I put this self-pressure on that it it makes me feel over busy and then takes a lot of the fun out of those projects right too you know so i think that's something that i'm like bringing awareness to and like okay well hey it's cool you don't need to like make fake deadlines for stuff it's okay like take right, your time right. it's you're you're not in a rush it's okay so you'll what, get where you're going so what i'm gathering is my whole life everybody tells me they're busy because they don't want to hang out <laughs> Probably. Yeah. They're just rejecting <laughs> me. <laughs> or they're just like. Only person anxious, wants to hang out know? is Hagrid, you know. Oh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I that makes a lot of sense, too, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I have a funny relationship with anxiety. Yeah. Like, I feel like I get it, like, you know, occasionally and like, you know, I do, but I just process it like Napoleon style instead yeah. of like being like, I'm not going to do this. I'll just be like look like I'm asleep at the battlefield, like, yeah. you know, with the cleft lip, just like, <laughs> is that dude okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. It's just a lot of people, like, have to schedule in dealing with anxiety. You know, you know what? And I think, okay, so there's, there's ways to cut it, because, like, in one way, like, I do like just, like, having projects and shit, you know? Sure, sure. So there's that, and I do like, you know, having time and space to work on these projects but then yeah it's when it's it's when i'm feeling anxious that it's like my mind starts to uh create reasons to feel anxious i I think emotions sometimes like serve to perpetuate themselves where like if you're feeling anxious it like if you're anxious you then breed situations for yourself that increase the anxiety Right, right, right. Whereas if you're feeling like open and loving and caring, that's going to like create behavior that then creates more conditions of openness and lovingness and caringness, you know? Right, right. Which is interesting how I think emotions do that. They like self-reproduce. Yeah. You know? So there's that. But then like, I think like, I think through the meditation stuff, I, I have been coming more in contact with this sense of like deep presence and patience around that where it's like more comfort with uncertainty where it's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know if I, I don't need to get this thing done immediately or, or I don't need to like get to, I don't know, like be in Santa Fe by this very specific time. It's like, no, you can, 
it's okay like breathe you know you don't need to be hyper punctual about things you know like things right. are also just present and open and yeah that's okay you know yeah that's not to say be like super super late all the time or you know like mess up other people's plans or something like that but it's just to like bring more patience and peace and presence around my actions you know and yeah. do things from a place of openness rather than uh feeling constrained sure sure which is great which yeah. is great that's yeah, yeah. that's that's something good to good to strive for and i you know there is something to say about always having you know setting aside for your own time and all this stuff yeah, you yeah. know too um <laughs> just to go back a little bit too though is uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, it wasn't always like a scheduling, like, you know, with these girls, like, well, well, why did you want to hang out with me? It was more like, well, how, why, how did you not do your homework? Like, what were you doing? Like, (laughs) I was doing like, (laughs) I was so much like theoretically more busy than you, but I still like wrote my paper. Like, what do you mean you didn't do the reading? You know, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm also kind of like, yeah, like kind of like, you know, obsessive can be a little bit like, you know hyper-focused on certain projects, right, you know? Right, yeah. Like, a few times, like, in, like, my writing classes, you know, in graduate, like, I would write, like, two papers, not one. Yeah. And be like, well, I just wanted to, like, choose. Yeah, I remember yeah. you, I had one <laughs> class with Scarlett, I remember you, like, your shit, she assigned the paper, and then it was done, like, the next day, and I was like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? All of you guys <laughs> are like, that was a paper, I was like, oh, well, I, I like, kind of wrote one, but, uh, yeah, yeah like, yeah. kind of, like, yeah, Stephen King crazy, I wish I was, like, as good as he was, at, you know, <laughs> writing novels, but, you know, he was once in a million, so. Yeah, and, like, dude, and that's the thing, too, I think, like, going back to the inner authenticity thing, just finding what works for, for yourself individually. Cause I think there's so much pressure in our society to just be like super busy. You know, I think that's part of it too. Right. Is this right. Like, right. Honestly, I think yes, there's this, uh, yes. I'm mill- millennial where busy- this is yeah, going. Yeah. Right. Millennial yeah. busyness where it's like this, Oh man, I just, I have so much to do. I'm so busy at work. And it's like, we put so much pressure on ourselves and like for some people, that's great that works you know some people just are built like that where it's like they enjoy being like working 10 hours a day and pushing it that way right but other people it's like no that sucks it's not healthy for us but then we feel compelled to do that because it's what the society or the workplace is asking us to do so it's finding what's your personal relationship yes yes and that's authentic and living it that way well and having perspective too there's a the inflation of importance Mm -hmm. and you're hitting on one of me and you know dion to jared freaking conversations we have a lot which is uh keeping perspective like you know yeah yeah we when we would talk about friends and people that were always like oh so busy you know and i took like this graduate class introduction to college and the teacher was like oh welcome to hell you know you guys are freaking it's like welcome to hell really like is that your perspective like Uh you know what i mean it's just like I don't, I didn't see it that way. I never did. Like I was here, like, this was like my Jerusalem. What do you mean? I'm like, I'm Emerson. I'm here to read. Uh And of course, a lot of things were hellish. Yeah, it gets busy. But it was always the gatekeepers, you know, it was never the reading or the writing, you know, or the research. I love that, you Mm -hmm. know, about it all. But it, you know what it was is it was these people 
of the inf- the inflation of the importance of of their own yeah. time yeah. and it's like oh like you know like right. my office mate would be like oh, i have to read and like i can't like i literally don't hang out with people i don't have time just like what That's do you mean bro. i'm yeah. in a band i have a yeah. girlfriend like a daughter full time in graduate school have yeah. work at CNM UNM like yeah. full time like what do you what what the hell are you talking about you can't exactly, go watch yeah. a movie right right or like hang out with right. a friend and go get dinner and it's like, this guilt thing man it's work guilt that yeah, that's been yeah, bred into yeah. us by the fucking power structure right. you know the archons fuck those dudes yes, cuz like yes. It's like, dude, that's not, it, it, yeah. we're, we're so convinced that we're going to just like work ourselves to the bone. Then there's going to be either this breakthrough thing where like, okay, I'm finally going to get there. But by the time you get there, wherever there is, you're dead, you know? Right. Or just like totally ground down and exhausted and missed, missed your life, you know? Um, either that happens. I don't know. Like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out my uh, relationship to time now, my healthy relationship to time, because it's like, yeah, I'm not, I don't like being like a hyper busy person. That doesn't feel good to me. You know, like I actually really enjoy just like going for walks in the woods, you know, the Zen centers up in the wilderness there. And just like, like I went for a walk the other day and, um, and there's this part of my brain that was like, you need to like finish this walk and get back because you have things to work on. And then this other part of my brain that was just like, no, <laughs> like let's, it's beautiful out. It's windy in the trees and it's like this like beautiful, clear winter air. Keep going. So then I turned right to go deeper into the woods, you know, and then I come across this like clearing that I never found yet. And then sat against this tree and was like overlooking this this expanse you know up in the mountains up there and like just sat against this tree feeling the tree you know against my spine you know feeling you know like my spine is a tree too and and just feeling the tree sway in the breeze and pushing against my body you know and just looking out at the clouds and thinking about emerson as i'm looking at the clouds and like and it was like, oh, right, this is it. Like, this this is it, you know? Like, I don't need to be somewhere else or, like, get get something together or, like, you know, no, figure out my future. It's just like, it's just this. It's just that cloud. Right. Beautiful. You know, it was a beautiful moment. And that's, I think, like, that's more my relationship to time where it's getting yeah. to be, like, yeah, I just I just like hanging out. In, in the present and that's fine I, I like not being busy I like having time to breathe I like having time for uh spontaneity you know not so much schedule some schedule but not too much you know well that's one reason I didn't take you know major crazy promotion recently is right. because you know it was a financial gain but it yeah. was a life loss you know it was right. a time loss you yeah. know a major major you know life change and time loss and yeah. that's just not worth it to me to go back to one of my favorite movies of all time a river runs through it you know mm. yeah i never saw that one really yeah, we wow oh god that. that's gonna be a pod that's nice. one of me and dion's ultimate nice, forever nice. like quote we quote it and <laughs> fucking love it hell yeah but i felt it too you know and it's being out in nature fishing and like you know a lot of and this is like very like historical too is like some of the best like native fishermen and stuff is you can hear the water 
and the stories underneath the water and the rocks that come so down nice. from like tears in the clouds, you know, rain. Yeah. And laughter and freaking, you know, yeah. you become one with the nature there. Exactly. Know? Those are the best, exactly. like the best way to like, yeah. yeah. And you can yeah. feel it, man. I mean, like on this walk the other day, and this was right after another retreat. So it was like, you know, I was feeling very uh, spacious and open and clear. And like, I swear to God, I can feel the trees and the, and the ravens flying overhead. I can feel that they were aware of me, you know, which right, is really right. like, wow because i know that i'm aware of the trees right, right? right and right. this felt like a next level in the uh this like meditation process that i'm doing but you know i've always been pretty like open and connected to nature and stuff so like i'll go out in the woods and like i can feel very i can feel the trees i can feel aware of the trees right but it was always i feel aware of the trees right but this time i go into the woods and i can feel the trees awareness of me i can right, feel that the right. trees were conscious of of my own consciousness and and uh like oh that bird also sees me which is which it does it's a freaking bird you know right. i mean the trees you can be like oh that's like woo woo and stuff but it's like no the bird's like a living being with eyes and shit and that bird sees me as it's flying overhead because birds have incredible eyesight it's like it's aware of my existence you know and feeling that i'm yeah one time i saw uh about a four foot crane Oh, cool. And, yeah, uh, yeah, in the, uh, in the, uh, Chama Canyon. Yeah. And, uh, I couldn't catch a fish for anything that day. I think I've told you this story. And that, that little bastard, he freaking came up next to us. Neither of us had caught a fish. Yeah. Stared at us and freaking dipped his long neck into the water and grabbed a fish immediately. Yeah. And I swear he like shook his head at us and quack. Like he was laughing at us yeah, was totally, like, you yeah, fucking yeah. stupid humans. You don't uh-huh. know how to fish, you know? Right. And it flew off with his badass trout. Like yeah. not scared, not nothing. He wasn't spooked yeah. by us. He was laughing at us, but he totally. knew he was there, but it was like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like you bastard bird, but it was cool. It was like a fun interaction with an animal, you know, yeah, just like, yeah. Exactly. yeah like, I mean, grid too, right? Right, like, right. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, it's like, Love grid. Yeah, it's like these these creatures are so conscious of us. Or I went on another walk in, in the woods and like it started getting late. So it was getting dark. And then um, Boo, the great Peronese who lives up there. I swear to God, this guy came into the woods looking for me because it was getting dark. Right. So this dog, he comes into the woods, finds me on the trail, you know, comes up to me, gets a couple of pets and then runs ahead like 20 feet and then stops and looks back to make sure I'm walking. Right. And then runs up ahead again and like looks to make (laughs) sure I'm with them, you know? Oh yeah. And I was like, this, this creature literally thought of me. Right. Came to the woods to find, was like, Oh, I saw that guy. I don't know. I'm going to go out into the wild. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this guy leave at sunset and part of their pack animals, you know, you got to take care of the pack. Uh Yeah. 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 They're very family-based, you know, fast and the furious dogs. So that's why I love them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drinking Coronas. Um, but to bring it all back to Napoleon. Yeah. I think one of the detriments to people in life like that is, is when you are given uh, a, a throne of power or the responsibility of an army or or president of your company or whatever the fuck it is, mm-hmm. is uh, you can no longer sit down and metaphorically smell the roses and fill yeah. the trees and go fishing and, 
you know, because because it's back to Foucault too. It's power over life, you know. And mm-hmm. I I actually like kind of feel bad for dudes like that, you know. They're just like your life is gone. Yeah. You know, you can no longer just like enjoy the Corsican sunset anymore. Right. You know, right. your life has been completely corrupted and ruined by your occupation. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there's you know it's pretty dehumanizing, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Power over life, trying to dominate life rather than open to life, being in a conscious exchange with it. Right. Right. And then your life is dominated. You have no more life. And then what you, what, what do you do? You take lives. Hmm. Yeah. Man. And I just want to reflect one more time. Cause I really liked what you're saying about like the, uh, gatekeeper thing in grad school where it was like all the people on the other side of the gate who are like, Oh, it's, it's hell, man. It's so crazy. Like you're not going to survive. And it's like, their only reason they're saying that is to <clears throat> it's an ego boost thing for them, you know, it's, exactly. You know, like, yeah. Well, I did it. Right. Know? Right. When right, it's like, right. bro, like we don't need to like make things more difficult. That's another inflation of importance to yeah, you. Yeah. Make things more difficult just to, just to have a reason to like feel overly proud of ourselves. To feel validated. Right. Yeah. Or it's like, no, actually I think life is actually quite easy if we allow it to be, you know, I think it's the, uh, inflation of ego all these things that like we we make it harder than it needs to be I, th- I think life is actually can be very 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 gentle but then we like force ourselves to be super busy force ourselves to be neurotic and, and through perspective yeah. you know yeah yeah and to go back to uh, what you're saying is i think people literally become junkies for it it's not yeah. it's not uh it's not it's it's dopamine it's not the other one what, what oxytocin it's not oxytocin yeah. it's dopamine right yeah yeah because their studies have said one of the biggest dopamine rushes a human can feel is figuring out a difficult problem really yeah that's huge that just really <laughs> that's really fascinating yeah yeah so if wow. you think about it from those terms, the more difficult we create it to be in the our heads, the bigger dopamine rush you're going to hit. Yeah. Wow. That's that really, really, <laughs> that's really significant. But yeah. you're really a junkie. You're just shooting up heroin. Yeah. 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 And, and you're letting things like your family, your kids, mm-hmm. all that bullshit that really matters. Yeah. You're letting it go by the wayside. Literally you know? creating bigger issues for yourself. Right. So, so that you, you can could get another life. hit. Yeah, get that hit and that's the thing it's the approach to life as a hit you know as you right know, right or like a you know orgasmic climax thing where it's like i need to get there get there, get there. and then you You're have yeah exactly yeah. the junkie yeah. approach to life and you wow. look at those teachers and stuff and generals and captains and ceos and presidents and deans they're junkies they are it's, oh yeah yeah welcome to hell baby yeah let's go Woo! yeah yeah they're ready to jump off a mountain you know because it's right. like we're gonna put like our sleep at risk we're gonna like put our families at risk our mental health we're gonna yeah, be yeah and there's this, like 187 emails let's go yeah and when we like, do psyched, it yeah, we're gonna fucking relish in it because yeah. of the dopamine and I'm gonna get my giant check and I'm gonna go fucking. Which is also dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also dopamine. Wow. On behalf of the Jareds, thank you for listening. Follow and tell your friends about the show. 
The guys will be back next week. And always remember, courage is like love. It must have hope for nourishment. Take care of yourselves.